Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 200th episode of The Hustle. Granted, yes, when you factor in bonus episodes, we're closer to like 250. But as far as those definitive Tuesday interviews, we are at 200. And we are celebrating with one of the greatest guitarists of all time, the immortal Marco Peroni. Now, of course, Marco rose to fame, changed music forever through his uh, incredible collaboration and musical partnership with the great Adamant. And they wrote and performed tons of incredible hits throughout the 80s that are still unlike anything anyone has ever heard. Strip, Goody Two Shoes, Stand and Deliver, Kings of the Wild Frontier, Prince Charming. Since all these hits get talked about in here, I wanted to kick it off with one of my favorite lesser known Adamant songs. This is Scorpio, the first track off the Prince Charming album. Now along the way, he also uh, was an early member of Susie and the Banshees. He collaborated with Sinead O'Connor. We talk about all of that. He and Adam are not necessarily on speaking terms right now. Hopefully that gets fixed eventually. He is a funny, droll, laid back kind of guy. I would say that uh, what this conversation maybe lacks in details, it makes up for in entertainment. He's just a sweetheart of a man. So I hope you enjoy this. I definitely wanted to celebrate our 200th episode with one of the, the greatest and best musicians I could find. And so I'm so grateful that Marco contributed. Uh, he called me from his home in Derbyshire, England, out in the country, and he'll tell you all about it. It's funny. My listeners love to hear, you know, good stories and, uh, you know, the highs and the lows. We touch on, you know, how people make a living in music these days, those kinds of things, you know? Well, that's a good... Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to hear how people make a living in music these days. <laughs> no, I think I, I think I found out how people do it actually. Really? Yeah. How? What's the uh, secret? Uh, oh, I, I, well, I, I met a friend of mine who made. He made a lot of money out of it, and then you see the thing about him is that he doesn't have an ego, uh. so he wasn't it, it and. He stopped at like kind of like two or three million quid instead of going on to be like building a gigantic billion dollar empire. Yeah. He stopped at being just a mere millionaire. Wow. Who so, who does that? You know, everyone always think, thinks that it needs to keep getting bigger and badder and, you know, we got to get fatter and more. And this guy just thought that's enough. Also, he's smart enough to, to know that his company was going to go fit. So when he got a buyer, he said he 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 sold it two three million pounds, and then the second company he was doing he sold that because he suddenly thought, hang on, this is not going anywhere. It looks alright at the moment, uh -huh. and he sold that for like eight hundred and fifty grand oh. or something like that. 
Oh and everybody gosh. said, no, you're crazy. This is going to die. And, and then like whoever bought it, and it just went, and he was right. It wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> but what can they do? You know, because it's like buyer beware. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. I never said, didn't the fact that I sold it to you so cheap would have told you something? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know. Yeah. I wish I was you, smart I enough to play that game, you know? I'm well, not smart know, enough it, to start a business and sell the, it to the somebody. The thing about this guy, Scott, is like, you know, he's like, they couldn't come at, back at him. Well, I don't think they tried, but they couldn't come and say, you conned us. So I didn't con you. I gave you every fucking scrap of paper. I gave you uh, everything. Oh, man. But, but I'd be well. I never conned you out of anything. You, yeah. you took it. I asked you, I asked you for a price. You thought it was cheap. I thought it was a fair price. You gave it to me. That's right. Yeah. And Kanye. <laughs> and who's to say the guy who bought it couldn't have turned things around if he really was, you know, if he knew the business well, that's, that that's, well? Well, that, yeah, exactly. That's the risk you take. I mean, that, yeah. that's the, the thing about businesses is that when to get out is almost more difficult than when to when to get in. Yeah. You always think, oh, God, if I stay in a bit longer, you know. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, it's interesting we're talking about this because the main question I have for you, Marco, who's one of yeah. the greatest guitarists ever, where have you oh, been? Shit. Where does Marco Peroni go? What do you do all day, Marco? God, that's a very good question. Well, what do I do? I mean, it's, it's, it's like three or four years ago, I, I, I fell in love and alongside a lot of people in London who got, Actually, yes, that sort of happened, but it was an accident. I, I got out at just the right time. It was the right time, but it was a sort of disaster in all, mm. every other way. But I got out of London just financially at, at the right time, mm. but I shouldn't have done because it was the height of the property boom. Oh. So you could have made a lot more money if you had sold your property no, later? No, I would have lost, no, I would have made, I would have made less money. Oh, okay. This is not what, what what people think musicians talk about, but it, it is in fact all musicians talk about, particularly English musicians. Property prices, tax dodges—that's all they fucking talk about. Really? How can we get out? Yeah. How can we get out? You know, what can we invest in? Where's the right time to buy a bit of property on the east, yeah. on you know, on the south coast? Right. And how can we get our paying tax? So is that uh, what you your can't. life is these days? I mean, you're, I don't yeah. know how active you are in music anymore. I mean, are you just managing investments at this point? No, I'm not fucking managing investments. There's, <laughs> no, there's, no, <laughs> there's no bloody investments to make. No, I moved to the country. I moved to Derbyshire. I fell in love. I met somebody from Derbyshire, a woman from Derbyshire. And then it, it all sort of like coincided with somebody wanting to buy my London property and it was the height of the property boom and, you know, and it yeah. was like I wouldn't have to put it on the market and it felt like kind of the right time to maybe make a move. Okay. It wasn't. It, was, oh. it wasn't the right time to make a move. Uh, I didn't really need to do it. I just, I just sort of felt in a rut and I just thought I should do something different. Huh. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have my advice to people is so that if you ever feel that, you know, you really want to change things and maybe all my prejudice is about moving to the country and stuff like that, maybe I should try something different. Don't. Don't try anything <laughs> different ever. <laughs> oh, Don't ever so do anything different. <laughs> do the same thing over and over again. Um, 
<laughs> Are you still married? At least did that part work I'm out? Not I'm, I'm, I'm not married. I'm not married. Are you still with the woman that you fell in yes, love with that yes. moved no, you no, out no, there? No, that, that, that side of it's fine. No, okay. I hate the country. <clears throat> I, I, since I got here, after 48 hours, I just thought, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like kind of like four o'clock in the morning. I thought, is it too long? Is it too late to find a lawyer? And so I've changed my mind. Wow. I buy it, but... Wow. This is funny yeah, because I two things I know about you was that for years you were a pretty confirmed bachelor. And for two, you had the same kind of swanky London apartment for years and years and years. It's what I've always read. Yeah. And so you're telling I me the two my, things I, that... I liked my London apartment. The only, the only place I ever wanted to move to was to further into London. You know? Really? And I, I actually, I live pretty central anyway. I only wanted to make it more central. I uh -huh. only wanted to, to move. I never wanted to move out of London, ever. And, and I was kind of like, you know, I, I, and all I've ever said since I got here is I want to go back, I want to get out, 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 I want to go, you know, I want to go back. Yeah. And it's like, I try to explain people, to people, I'm, I'm not going back because it's the shiny, you know, it's the shiny city that I'm, you know, uh -huh. I, it's like, ooh, it's the shiny city, I want to get back to Oz. Yeah. It's the great mystical city of Oz. It's my home. Right. It's, where, it's where I, I, I wasn't born. I'm, I'm like most people. You know, they they were born in you know some uh -huh. godforsaken, <laughs> trucking provincial shite hole. I wasn't. I was born in the West End. Uh -huh. So I want to go back to the West End. It's like you know most people. Hardly anyone's ever born in Manhattan, are they? So, sure. Yeah, I know what uh, you mean. Yeah. But I, I mean, but lots of people are born in London, and I'm one of them. And I was born, you know, I was born in Highgate. And then, and then we lived in Camden Town. Wow. Oh, man. Now, are you, um, how far, I, I used to live in England. I, I lived in Cambridge briefly. Yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't know where Derbyshire is. How far no, away no, from I, the city are you? About 100 miles. Oh, really? So you're really out there. Oh. In American terms, it's not, though, is it? I mean, because you... Well, go, no. You I mean, that's like an hour. Miles. That's like an hour and a half drive somewhere. You know, we do... Yeah, people. You, I'm in Colorado. People do that to ski every weekend. But yeah, but you, you, you drive 100 miles to go to school, don't you? In the exactly. Morning. But if you wanted to just pop over back into the city, it's not like you can just do that in an evening, you know, in your case. You're uh, well, you I, are I out there. Well, I used to walk anywhere. Yeah, now, yeah. Know. Wow. And actually, I'm, I'm driving now. Uh -huh. because I had, I had to go and buy a special tool for getting the spotlights out of the ceiling, <laughs> which is like... <laughs> Which obviously, if you if you live in an urban centre, is a easily obtainable device. Here, of course, is like it's the height of technology here. It's yeah. like asking for a time machine. Like, oh my gosh, that's great! That is great. Okay, so we know all this, but now musically, mm. what are you doing? Do what does Marco Peroni do musically? Because okay, let me backtrack. Well, let me ask you one key question: Are you and yeah. Adam on good terms? I mean, are you guys? No, we're not. No, we're not. You're not. No, it's the sign. No, I think it's the sign that I'm responsible for all the ills of the world. How could that possibly or, be? Well, because I probably am. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe that. World War Two was me. Because I've seen, so here's the deal. I grew up a big Adam Ant fan. I, I'm 45, so you got at the height of your. I was more, I came around more for like goody two shoes and stripped right. or strip. That was more yeah, my yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, and Adam Ant doesn't come through Salt Lake City, Utah. We went concert. there once. Right. But it was probably not, 
when I was, I, I wasn't around or I wasn't old enough or whatever. I didn't get to go. But in the last few years, I've finally seen him a couple of times. And I, both times I go wanting to see you and you're not there. No, I'm not there. And uh, to me, that's like seeing Billy Idol without Steve Stevens. You guys, that's what makes you two special, you know, is this partnership with your key guitarist. And these concerts, I love Adam, but he's le he leans a lot toward almost like heavy metal now. It's like the the heavy me the metal guitar accents that were fun in his songs are now the driving thing, and it's not the same. And so I really miss you. Where are, well, what are you doing? I, oh God, it's a good question. I, I, I want to do something, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just trying, desperately trying to find things to do. I'm, I, really? It's like so hard to, to find you know the right artists to work with, and but I'm not retired. I don't want to be. Desperately yeah. don't want to be retired. I mean, musicians don't retire, do they? They can't. No. No, especially not now. That's why I'm kind of. No wondering how you're doing and what you're doing because it's harder than ever to make a living. I don't know if you, I mean, he was always a much bigger deal in the UK than he was in the States. Do you, yeah. do you do okay from like reissues and box sets and royalties well, and all that mean, kind I of stuff? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not starving. Okay. Exactly. I guess um, it's enough for you to be uh, particular or picky about what musical, um, you know, collaborations or projects you get into now well i have to like it but look i mean look if i like it i will do it for nothing hmm. you know I'm, yeah. I'm 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 in an okay position where i can do things i can do things for fun okay okay and, and that, that is the, the main thing and i wouldn't do things for just for, for money unless it was an enormous amount of money sure and, you know yeah okay so oh, well, i turn things I, I do turn things down for money all the time yeah because it, basically it's not enough money and it, it's going to be tedious and the money isn't that great. Yeah. So. Okay. Aren't there people out there, though, that are just dying to have Marco Peroni play with them? Yeah. They, have, they are, but I'm not dying to play with them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Uh, I'm, actively, um, I'm actively seeking the right thing to do. Okay. Is there a vibrant musical scene in Derbyshire? No. No, I don't know. There's huh. nothing vibrant here. Okay, Shoot. it's the countryside. I hate the country. There's nothing vibrant in the countryside. Nothing vibrates here. Well, would your lady move back to London? She's a, she's not she's not from London. She's from here. That's why I'm here. Yeah, but wouldn't I mean if you you know I'm sure you've had this conversation. Yeah, I would love you a lot more if we could move back to London. Yes, she wouldn't. <laughs> she still won't do it. No, 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 no. She will. She will. She will do it. No, no. She's 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 a country person. And I am just not a country person. But I yeah. mean, she's she's acclimatized to the bright lights and the um, okay. the excitement of celebrity friends. She's now kind of um, acclimatized to all the all the kind of the really important things, you know. Yeah. Um, expensive expensive restaurants and the ne'er do well, you know, kind of celebrity friends. You know, the ones yeah. that you don't really know. Who are your really good friends? This is I hadn't thought to ask that, but who are some of these? Who are people who are really close uh, to you that we would know? Uh, my best friend, Siobhan Fahey. I wondered about that. I actually see her quite a lot, actually. She lives in LA, but I do see her all, really? a couple of times a month, yeah. Does your girlfriend feel threatened at all by Siobhan? Because Siobhan no. is about as beautiful as it gets. And you know this. <laughs> no, 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 she doesn't know. Okay, okay. 
All right, just curious. Um, okay, let's talk about some music. This is so fascinating, getting to know Marco Perotti. I can't believe it. Um, now, in the beginning, I mean, you're, you know, you're sort of, you earn your bona fides in the 70s in the punk scene in London and everything. You're, yeah. Um, but what I read in an article is that you actually didn't like punk music that much. Uh, no. But how did you get... How did this? How did you become like the it guy? I mean, you helped start Susie and the Banshees. How does this happen? <laughs> I helped finish Susie and <laughs> the Banshees. Um, I just seemed to be there. I just really? seemed to be in the wrong place, in the right place at the wrong time. The wrong way, in those times, in the wrong place at the wrong time. There wasn't it, there wasn't a lot of people around. Mm. You know, in that scene, it was a very small scene, I and mean, we were talking about twenty-five people. So mm, not a lot point. of people had musical instruments, you know. I mean, I kept uh, people do keep saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Marco was really good. Marco was really good." It's not saying a lot, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> that really isn't saying a lot. I mean, it's nice of people to say that, but comparatively, I was just I I knew a few chords. Other people didn't know any. And it's not like you have to be that technically sound to be a punk guitarist. Oh. part of the point you know part of the point yeah i mean to carry on and you have to learn i mean you have to, yeah. you have to get better you can't just stay like that the, the point is is that like, we had nothing to lose and also you we, we were in, sort of imbued with arrogance we, I, I mean not many teenagers have confidence true obviously being which we've all been teenagers and, and it's like the most insecure creatures on earth uh -huh. And it's like terrified of everything and terrified uh -huh. of what everybody thinks. And so we all have to have this, I don't care about anything. And yeah. so um, obviously the punk spirit is like all about, I don't, I don't care about anything. And you know, fuck up, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, and so you can adopt this and use that as your armor. And, you know, and with punk, it's all that. Mm -hmm. So you can use that in lieu of any confidence or talent sure yeah, yeah. Uh, can, that guitar is a is a powerful thing to sort of hide behind you know? it is it is it is it is a very powerful thing to hide behind and i've always been uh very in awe of of, of singers i couldn't stand there with nothing mm -hmm. there with nothing at all i mean it's just you know you don't have your 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 weapon your your shield yeah are you a singer at all would you no. ever make a solo album or anything like that? Oh, God, no. No, huh. no, I couldn't. I don't have, you know, can't sing at all. I don't, just don't have, I couldn't, couldn't <laughs> do it. I just don't have, I, I certainly don't have the voice, no, nor do I have the ability. I don't have the desire. And I, Does, I just don't have that confidence either, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's not a part of you that envies the guy who's standing center stage singing no, the songs. That, no, it never has done. No, no, mm. it really never has done. Okay. It doesn't look very appealing. It doesn't look very interesting. I, uh, it looks, in fact, terrifying. Uh, huh. Everything about it is not. It, it doesn't. Does not appeal to me. It's, it. It looks, in fact, it, it looks uninteresting. Not only does it look not very interesting. It looks fucking terrifying, <laughs> <laughs> actually. So there's nothing really in it for me. Huh. Okay. Good to know. I like that. Um, okay. So when you now, how did you 
become a, a, a starting member of Susie and the Banshees. And then I'm curious how, what, what it's like watching your former band. I mean, they continued on well into the 90s. They went for another good 20 years or so. And yeah, but Susie's an icon. Oh, really? You didn't feel any kind of ownership over that? You were just... No, not, no not at all. I mean, okay. it, it, it's, it was a one-off. It was a one-off. Okay. I mean, you can date this if you want to look back at it, so I've never looked back at the date. Queen was giving a free concert in Hyde Park, and I went to Hyde Park to... Not because I particularly like Queen, so I, I don't think I really did like them. But anyway, I did. I, I went down to see them. And uh, I didn't see Queen, but I ran into a guy called Philip Salon, who I kind of knew, knew from around. And he was with Susie and Steve and the people who were sort of then became known as the Bromley contingent. Mm -hmm. Contingent. Though I didn't really know. And then we decided not to watch Queen. We decided to go to Bromley through Billy Idol's house. Was, we didn't really have a party. We just hanging out yeah so a couple of days after that there was going to be the uh the hundred club festival and billy idol was due to play guitar with susie and steve and steve vicious was going to play drums mm -hmm. billy decided didn't want to play guitar because he thought the whole thing he had no no, no confidence at all in any of the people involved huh. um <laughs> wow billy quite wisely i think um saw that you know he he actually had his eye on the main prize which is to be a proper musician right um and none of the other three were even kind of vaguely saying me particularly said but i thought so, and, and he just he knew i could play guitar so he just thought well, well basically like why don't you get me out of this why don't you do it and i thought well, all right i'll do it then but it's only ever going to be one rehearsal, even for experienced musicians. One rehearsal for their first ever gig is a mad thing to do. But for uh -huh. people who've never, not even it's not even people who've never played together. People who've never played at all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> Especially in the punk days, everyone's just making it up kind of as they go. Well, no, this was this was the ultimate making it up as you uh, as you go. Yeah. Steve had never Steve had never picked up a bass. He'd never picked up a bass. Never. Wow. And <laughs> Susan never sung before. I don't see. I mean, maybe you know in the bath or something or at school. <laughs> she actually could play drums. I think. I think he'd had a go. You want you want to be a rock star or in rock and roll somewhere. So you just pick a spot and figure it out, it sounds like. I don't know. It was all so vague. It was all so vague. Mm -hmm. And it also, that would involve thinking about it, ah, which I okay. don't think <laughs> that we were equipped to do. Yeah. Um, that would have been, that involved some sort of consideration. And, you know, like, I just, just there just wasn't any. Uh -huh. it, was like, oh, it was a bit kind of, I don't know, maybe it's like, maybe the, the way that animals operate, completely Probably. instinctively. Probably, yeah. Yeah, let's get to Adam. So we're, you know, we talked about kind of uh, the whole beginning part about making money and your life. And I just love that. And the punk scene and everything. But Adam comes into your life at a yeah. time when you are, you have bounced around that Bromley contingent sort of scene for a while in various bands. 
when you signed up with him, was it because mm-hmm. the two of you had a chemistry? Did you think this is my ticket to the next stage? Or was it just <laughs> one more project to kind of bide your time with? I didn't really know him. I, I, I knew him a bit, but it, it was a weird thing. It was one of those weird things that kind of, it seems to happen in my life that things suddenly come together for no apparent reason without me doing anything. And uh. it, that's happened several times in my life and it changes everything. Yeah. And the, the, the awful thing is it's like without me doing anything, which seems lucky and people say, say, Oh God, you're so lucky that happened to you. And it's, it's about three or four times. It's completely changed my life for the better and, you know, catapulted yeah. me into massive fame and fortune and success and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah people think that's great, which it is, but, but because it's nothing to do with me, I have no control over it. So, mm. which is like, kind of, so mm. I can't make it happen. Yeah. Which is yeah. not great. I could see that. But, yeah. When you guys came together, though, what made him special was, um, first of all, the sound that was primarily you, and then the weirdness, you know, the the style. The the weirdness, yeah. Yeah, no one else was doing that. What what, what happened is that I was in this band called Rima Rima, Mm -hmm. which had got two up its own arse for its own good, and I, I, I just thought this was shite really and I just thought it was going nowhere and it was just kind of you know kind of like 20 year old trying to be clever and it wasn't clever it wasn't clever at all And it was kind of like, it, I think it was now, it's now called post-punk. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm led to understand. Well, I have no idea <laughs> what that really means. Um, right. And it was just cobblers. And that, I mean, that whole scene was complete cobblers. Uh-huh. You know, and it was that awful label, uh, 4AD. Um, <laughs> what, what, 4AD what? has some great stuff, like the Cocteau Twins and oh, no, uh, no, Modern good. English. I, no, I like the Cocteau Okay. I liked the Cocteau Twins. But everything else at the time, I yeah. thought, was just everything that was sort of wrong with music, really. Sure. I mean, that was kind of like... We didn't fight in the punk wars to do this kind of introspective, kind <laughs> of like... Um, introspective, shy, yeah. kind of, I'm so sorry, and, you know, like, oh, and I mean nothing to anybody. Yeah. We're supposed to be rock stars. You're supposed to be doing something you're supposed to be ziggy stardust or uh-huh. elvis presley or johnny Rotten. 
you know, you don't find any of those people like hiding in the corner and and being right. insecure, do you? And it's like, sure. So I'd le- I'd left that thing, and and simultaneously, John McKay and Kenny Morris had left Susie and the Banshees over for whatever reason I can't remember. Uh, and then they had asked me to come and rejoin Susie and the Banshees on the eve of their British tour, in the middle of their mm. British tour, or after two dates in their British tour. And I went down to rehearsal and decided, I think, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't really want to do it. And so quite honestly, they could see that I didn't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. They didn't really want me to do it. And I mean, this was crazy. This is absolutely, what else was I going to do? <laughs> right. And this is, this, this was, this was, you know, this is, you know, the age of whatever I was, 21. This is my, this, this is a legitimate signed band with, mm-hmm. with, with, with hit records who were doing a sold-out theatre tour. And, you know, and they were going to give me a job with money, you know. Yeah, um, and you didn't want it. No. <laughs> I <guess laughs> just, no. Wow. That's great. I know, I know, I know. And I wasn't being purist about it. I wasn't like kind of, oh, you know, it's, hey, man, it's my art or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. It's like... No, I mean, it's like, you know, I, hey, hey, it's not about the money, man. It's about my art. No, I just thought, I don't know. It's just not. Just didn't sound like fun. I, it's, just, it's just not interesting at all. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Just, I mean, they're just being up their own arses. But, <laughs> it's just, everyone's being up their own arse. Right. And I don't Adam's know why not... you're all being up their own arse. Because you're not very clever. You're not very old, none of right. you. And right. none of you are very clever. In fact, you're completely stupid. And if you think you're cleverer than Mark Boland, well, well you're not anywhere uh-huh. near. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But Adam comes along and he, this does sound, that he is clever. This is different. This is more exciting for you. Well, you know, simultaneously, when I was not joining the Banshees, uh, I mean, literally simultaneously, I mean, I'm, you know, in, Happening, happening at exactly the same time on, on office, on the, you know, two or three miles away from each other. You know, I'm at a rehearsal not joining the Banshees, and he's at a rehearsal being fired from his own band. Mm. So, I mean, it's a strange sort of yeah. synchronicity thing going on. And when you um, say that about being fired, you mean Malcolm taking the rest of the guys and going over to Bow Wow Wow, right? Yeah, but I mean, he got, what, he, got, he got fired. I mean, Malcolm, yeah. obviously, he didn't, he didn't do it. He got the others to do it. In typical Malcolm fashion, yeah. which is yeah. a good idea. I wouldn't want to fire him from his own band. I wouldn't have had the, the guts. Right. But you get some. Obviously, you get somebody else to do it. So he he called. He didn't call me up. He just he didn't have my phone number, which is bizarre. <laughs> I think he, I think I, it's because you knew people who did have my. I, for some, Adam Platt plays his cards very close to his chest, and I think he didn't want to ask anyone for my phone number, just in case he. They would have said, "Why do you want it?" You know, mm-hmm. and it would be like, then he would have to explain why he wanted it, and you know, yeah, didn't want to get into the whole story of this thing. But th- I mean, these things happened in those days over the course of hours. This would have been the next day. Wow, and that's and I mean, you were off and running. Yeah, so I mean, but when I turned down the Banshees. Yes, I, I think I turned down the banshee. I had, I think I, it would have been, it's in the same week. I mean, I think I, had, I rehearsed on Monday, sort of got home and 
kind of felt not good about it. And then maybe I had a, a conversation with either Sue or Neil Stevenson, their manager, the next day, and it wasn't kind of feeling right, you know. Uh-huh. And, and then kind of Wednesday sort of sat back going, oh, God, what have I done? You know. <laughs> 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 and then uh, but it, Adam but, but equally e- equally you know it, it's always sort of like had I not done it which I had I didn't do it would have sat around on Wednesday thinking oh what have I done yeah had I said yes 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 I definitely want to do it and they would have said yes it's going to be great we definitely want you to do it and then the next day I would have woken up Wednesday morning going oh god what have I done I don't really think this is not you know if, uh-huh. if both scenarios would have been oh god what have I done um, <laughs> okay. In terms of timeline, and then I I out that that evening. I didn't drink, so I wasn't going to drown my sorrows. But I was trying to get rid of my sorrows uh, in some way. Uh-huh. Um, I went to a Steve Strange party in some restaurant that isn't there anymore in Kensington High Street. So I went to a party there. Um, I didn't come home. Uh, so I stayed. I stayed. I stayed out all night. I came back and there was a note saying, "Please call me Adam and a phone number." Uh-huh. I thought, "Who's this then?" You know, I don't know. I don't know who this. I called the number, and he wasn't there. <laughs> and so I called back again, and he said, "Hello." And I said, yeah, it's, it's, it's Adam. Adam and I said, oh, "Hello, hi, hello, yeah, hi." Uh-huh. And he just said, um, he said, he said, so I just, I just wanted to kind of establish like kind of what, what you're doing. And he said, well, I'm not doing anything really. And I thought, I, and he said, I, well, I, are you not in the Banshees? I said, no, I'm not doing the Banshees. He said, because I didn't want to get into like, if you're doing the Banshees, I didn't want to mm-hmm. get into like some bloody argument with them, you know, because I'm looking for a guitarist. So I'm, I'm looking for a collaborator really. And I said, oh, a guitarist for the Ants. And he said, well, sort of, but not really. Sort of the Ants, but not the Ants. Hmm. And at, at this point, because he, he's, he's always like skirting around the bushes, you know. Uh-huh. So look, I'm trying to get him. What are you talking about? What do you want? You know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want, Adam? Like, uh-huh. Not the ants. The ants, but not the ants. What, uh-huh. what is it? So he said, "I'm not not doing the ants anymore." Okay, you're not doing it. Why? What? You know, not, Matthew's left. He said, "What? Well, no, they've all left. Or well, I've left." Look, what are you on about? It's like, you know, just tell it. And he says, I was working with Malcolm and now I'm not doing it anymore. And the answer's gone to be something else and I'm not doing it. I said, okay, oh, bloody hell. Okay, all right. Mm. So I said, well, we should meet then. I said, so and then we met. And we met in a a cake shop in Floral Street, in uh, which is now Floral Street in Covent Garden, which is next to Paul Smith, mm. which is now, in fact, the Tintin shop. <laughs> oh that's great yeah that's great so was the attraction then to adam more the idea of being a partner whereas other bands like the suit like the banshees it would have been more of like a hired gun were yeah. you excited by the idea of like co- collaborating with someone and being yeah. maybe an equal yeah. partner no, well, i'm not i'm not good at being a hired gun. I, I like um i like being a hired gun for, for I, I i think it's very exciting being a hired gun for a brief period of time, mm, for mm-hmm. a week. I really mm-hmm. like doing sessions for people and going and they tell me what they'd like and then I try and do it. And But that's for a couple of days, not forever. I don't want to do that yeah. forever. Yeah, okay. So what was the first fruit of your collaboration? When you 
what what song when you when you guys did you guys very first work on where you're like this is great? It was sort of a proto Kings of Our Frontier. So when but, you and I mean, Adam are working on that, like Adam's living room or something, strumming on no, guitars, in oh, in your in, living room, in my bedroom. I, no, actually, we did do it in his. He didn't have a living room. He had sort of talk, half half landing, half landing flat, Pennywern Road, Earl's Court, which was like kind of half, you know, kind of cupboard that he lived in. And I think he had two guitars and one guitar. Anyway, two people wanted to get in there. He had to put the guitar around the landing. Hmm. So. Yeah, I think that was the first thing we did. Or, 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 see, in those days, you had to, it was just two guys with two guitars. Yeah. There's no recording of anything. Yeah, I don't think there's any dictaphones or anything like that. Right. Okay. Now, now, now you could just, you know, basically on a laptop or even, yeah, just a laptop or an iPad, basically sketch out basically your record there and then. So when you guys are sitting there writing songs, just two guitars, like yeah. Kings of the Wild Frontier or Dog Eat Dog or something like that, yeah. and you hear these songs as they while they're being produced, all of the you know the Spanish guitars and the yelling and the broody drums and all that. Yeah, all that stuff you have to imagine that's going to happen later. So while you're while you're writing them, are you thinking you know what would be really fun here is some Burundi drums. Yeah. When we get there, we'll have yeah. to include that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have to imagine all this stuff, and you have to kind of like you, every time you're kind of playing this stuff, which is just two guys strumming guitars, you have to have all these thoughts in your head, and uh, and you think, 
God, you know, if we ever get to record this, I'll have to remember that thought. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I was curious about. Wow. And you felt like you were really on to something. It felt different. It felt I unique. Don't know. Really? I have no idea what we're on to. I have no <laughs> idea what we're on to. <laughs> oh, that's great. So when it all starts to happen, though, I mean, Dirk wears white socks had already come out. So you weren't a part yeah. of that, right? You came no, in for Kings. No. Okay. So yeah. Kings of the yeah. Wild Frontier comes out and, uh, you know, there's ant music. There's all these great songs on this album. different than anything else that's out there i mean it's not that different i guess maybe from bow wow wow which is part of the the weirdness of the no no the it, dynamic, was, it, was, it, it was done differently from bow wow wow I, it uh, was I, it was good bow wow wow you know it, it was, was. Bow wow wow was great yeah but it was different from the way we did it and what about all the like fashion you know it seemed to i read adam's book a few years ago and it seems like Every album was never just an album. There had to be a whole concept behind it as far as fashion and visuals and costuming and all that kind of and makeup and everything. Was that true? It makes true? it easier when there's even a vague sort of idea behind it. It makes, it makes things easier. Okay. Why? It because it gives you something to shoot for? Yeah. Okay. I remember it's like, I remember, I, I don't know if it's... I, Maybe I made it up in my mind, but it was like on Ziggy Stardust. It's like, I mean, Ziggy Stardust, I don't know what the fuck it's about. It, uh -huh. it doesn't really have a concept, does it? It's just sort of vague. It's the end of the world, and Ziggy is an alien rock star, or maybe mm -hmm. he isn't. I don't know. No right. one really knows. <laughs> it's, you know, right. it's a bit like Quadrophenia, isn't it? It's like a mod has the four different personalities of the Who. And yeah. uh, that's it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a brilliant, it's a fucking brilliant idea, but it has no story. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's it. Well, that's it. I mean, it's. it's I mean, I, I mean, it's in that Quadrophenia uh, documentary, it's one of my favourite albums. When Townsend says, "Well, that's the idea," and Dolphy says, "Yes, fucking brilliant, do it." <laughs> yeah, do what? <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, and it's, <laughs> but that's all it, and that's all it is. It doesn't need to be any more than that, really. And it's like, you know, um, Moon Age Daydream, it's like, it doesn't make any sense that I'm an mm -hmm. alligator. Right. I'm a mama papa coming to you because 
it's a rock song written by an alien. Right. And so he can do well, he can get away with gibberish like that because and well, it, and it alien, works. It, right. Because he's an alien he's an alien he's only ever heard it kind of like on clatterly radio and he doesn't quite understand it so he's doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> Good point. Okay. Okay. It's a so, bit like it's the same as the Thomas Jerome Newton suits, isn't it? Like in The Man mm. Who Fell to Earth. They're not quite right. They don't, they don't really fit in quite right. But they look brilliant because they've only ever seen these suits on TV. So they haven't got like pockets or anything like that. Good point. Yeah. So how does so, your life change? As King starts to take off and you guys are having hit singles and Adam's this major, you know, pinup on all the covers of the magazines and everything like that. What did, how did that feel for you? How did your life change? What was your, you've talked about being like enjoying success and not being scared of it. Like other people are. No. What was your favorite part about success? Um, not having to interact with the real world anymore. Really? Um, yeah. Ah. I love that. <laughs> Why? I love that. Oh, just cause you didn't have to, do anything uh well um it, unlike now we're kind of like exposed by the internet we you know we weren't exposed to our fans really yeah i mean we didn't ever really get to meet them and, and just going in and out of kind of gigs and then we were protected by large men yeah <laughs> rough yeah. rough men who were just, you know <laughs> right. was that thing that you know you know you can we can sleep easily because rough men are are waiting to do violence. That's <laughs> quite what you know. Keep you safe. Yeah. Uh, but now you're not protected, are you? You can you're kind of like you can see what I mean. Even then, I mean, there were many thousands of people up and down the land, you know, mm -hmm. insulting me daily on the hour. But I never I never knew. Yeah. So it didn't matter. It didn't. But now, back to you, yeah. Now you know you'd hear millions of tweets of how stupid and useless I was. Um, oh, I can't imagine that. I would think, if anything, your profile gets better and better over time. No? No, but it, there would be, you know, obviously, you know, on Twitter, there would be well, obviously yeah, a large always trolls. who wouldn't like me. Sure. Um, yeah, there's always tro trolls. Uh, had there been Twitter in the day, you know, I would be proud to be count, count myself one of them. But, I mean... Uh, um, how much I hated Paul Weller or something, you know. Really? Uh, you hate Paul Weller? Why? No. No, oh, I don't okay. really. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love no, Paul I Weller. Know. Okay, I wondered why you didn't like him. Um, I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Uh, so it's almost like success means never having to say you're sorry. I mean, you're, you've been, you isolate, you get some distance or some isolation between like just the, the, the trolls, basically, the weirdos out there. Success allows you to just kind of stay in your bubble. And you like that fact. Yeah. Some people don't yeah. like that, but you do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's very, okay. It, no, it's, it's a very nice bubble. That's great. So uh, Prince Charming comes yeah. out, and there's a new concept. There's new styling. There's new face paint. And Stand mm. Deliver is gigantic.
guys are just continuously on this strange trip that the world is coming to. Um, I, one thing I'm curious, why did it never quite take off in the States, do you think? Is it just unique to Britain? Why? I don't know. I think it, I think it's sort of, yeah, I think it was unique to Britain and maybe we didn't tour there enough or they didn't get it or maybe we didn't we weren't rock and roll enough, which maybe we should have been. I don't know. Huh. Maybe okay. it was a bit too ironic, a bit fay, a bit camp. Hmm. America's never been good at handling that. Although we did, no. we did take Culture Club pretty well, but you're right. Um, in general, yeah, but you, you, but you didn't know he was gay, did yeah. you? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, how you didn't, <laughs> well, but you didn't, you didn't know Liberace was gay. <laughs> It's so funny you say that because I, to this day, I mean, that was my sweet spot. I was like 10, 11, 12 years old when Culture Club was at their height. And to this day, I laugh sometimes. I think to this day, I still don't have a very in-tuned gaydar, as they say, because everybody in the 80s, Prince, Boy George, whoever it was, these people just looked fey all the time. And I just yeah. didn't think about sexuality back then. They just were rock well, stars I, uh, to me, you know? Yeah. So what do I know? No. Well, it's nothing to do with anybody, you know. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, there, was, there was some worry. Uh, I remember at Sony New York how about how the band would, might have a gay following. And so I think we did have a gay really? following. I think we got there. Yeah. Well, I'm not quite sure what you what would you like us to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> would you turn, what, ask people if they're gay and then turn them away? No, I mean, I don't, <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what... Part of that probably just has to do with Adam being really beautiful. I mean, he was a beautiful man, you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, what do you want us to do? Yeah. What? Look, we're from, <laughs> we're from London. I used to wear makeup school and we don't care. And I don't know what you want us to do about it, even yeah. if we wanted to do anything about it. What, okay, what would you like us to do? What, <laughs> what could we possibly do? Yeah. Oh, that's nuts. Okay. Well... That's, I guess the U.S. just never could quite warm up or embrace that kind of thing fully. That's a shame. Um, so uh, after... It, 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 was, it was pushing off radio stations. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Well, then I don't know. What do you want to make a huge announcement? We are not gay. I mean, it's just... <laughs> so weird. Um, so after Prince Charming, he kind of fires everybody but you. Why did that... Did he just well, feel like I, he needed to move I, on? I wasn't, or what? I wasn't actually employed, so I couldn't be fired. Ah, uh, okay. Good point. But you stick around afterwards for friend or foe, and you're like yeah. the only guy. And is that because yeah. there's you're fine with Adam, whereas everyone else is not getting along? Why do you think you stick around? No, it's not a get, not getting along. It's, it's just there wasn't really any relationship at all. I mean, it mm. was really kind of, you know, tell Gary to blast the salt sort of thing. It was like, you know, just, uh. just, just, just stupid. <laughs> it's like nobody's yeah. even speaking. Huh. Only I'm speaking. I, only I'm speaking to the two factions. Yeah. You know, I'm the go-between, which is no fun for me, really. Yeah. So I wish you just, you lot would just speak to each other. I don't actually even want to speak to any of you at this point. So, <laughs> Marco just wants to be left alone. I could relate. No, to I that don't so want. Well. I don't want to really particularly be left alone. I just want, you know. Ah, um, that's, that's no, not really. Just, okay. 
You seem like you, you're fine <laughs> kind of being up. on your own. Well, yeah. I am, maybe, I, I am, actually. Maybe it's that you have a low BS tolerance, you know? What's, what's, what, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I do, yeah. Okay, okay. Also, also I'm an only child, so. Oh, I can see that. That's right. I've read that somewhere. You and Adam both were only yeah. children. Yeah, that probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I, yeah. Okay. Uh, being... I read a book about only children once. But it, it's, a, it's a unique thing, actually. Have you got brothers and sisters? I do, yeah. I'm the oldest of three, and I have three kids. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to explain. I don't, I, I don't have, you know, so I don't know what it's like. But mm -hmm. it makes you very, um, well, it makes you sort of, you know, self-contained. Yeah, I believe that. Honestly, a lot of the only children I've known have been sort of, some of them are kind of annoying. Because they're yeah. used to being, I don't know if pampered is the right word, but having, you know, attention put on them because they're all their parents have, that they they seem a little starved for it. Whereas you maybe even seem kind of the opposite in some ways. It's the independence um, that maybe is your thing. Yeah, the not being empath empathic to other people. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we don't have to psychoanalyze you and your and your uh, and your only childness. What? But speaking of psychoanalysis, I mean, Adam's problems, mental problems, mental illnesses, and bipolar, bipolar, and everything yeah. like that have been an issue for years. Were you yeah. seeing elements of this back then? Uh, yes, I mean, I, I, I thought he was odd at times, <laughs> um, uh, uh, but not odd. I, mean, I, I thought he was kind of yeah, over emotional about things. Okay. But I didn't feel that he was, I mean, he was a lot more grounded, a lot more sensible in, in things than I was about things. Mm. I don't think he was insane. Right. Um, or delusional in, uh, about about anything. What do I know? I know nothing about mental huh. illness. You know, I don't That's know true. if anybody really does. Because, you know, yeah. it's it's different with every single person. Right. So you didn't. So what what ended up happening with him later, really, these breakdowns and all this kind of stuff, you I mean, you saw maybe some over dramatizations back in the day or some overly emotional moments. But in general, he wasn't cracking or having these kinds of breakdowns with any, you know, regularity back then. I mean, look, I'm looking back now. I mean, you can do these sort of dangerous things now. Now there's sort of too much influence. Now there is too much kind of like general information. What with the internet, and you can go and do your checklist for kind of mm. like schizophrenia or manic depression or narcissism or, or, or personality things, and it's like ten, ten things that narcissists suffer from. Mm. Ten things that's in it. It's not like that, you know. It's not ten things that you know. Yeah. It isn't flu. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. <clears throat> that makes sense. Okay. Um, now, one thing I'm, I'm, I haven't asked yet that I'm really curious about is I like to know the moments in on some of these songs or albums that you personally are really proud of. So, like, take take Prince Charming. Is there a yeah. is there a moment on there that album, whether it's a song that you are happy you have written, or a little guitar lick, or a line, or whatever? Give us a uh, moment that you're particularly proud of on there. Oh God, I can't remember what's on it now. I think Prince Charming is a sort of div a a much derided album. I, I bet. I think it's better than even. I think it is actually. I think actually the single Prince Charming. I think was extremely. I mean, no one had ever heard that before. 
It's still I mean, unlike yeah. anything anyone's ever heard. So yes. good, but so weird. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Looking back on it now, it's like, I mean, no label now, because labels now that you can't go, hey, we've done this, all this. We want to do something completely different, but sort mm-hmm. of sort of the same, but totally different. And it's not any label say, no, you can't do something completely different. You've got to do something basically the same. Mm-hmm. You can't take those risks. It's got to be basically the same. What about on um, friend or foe? When you go, uh, when you loads go, of it. I you really like. like it? Yeah, I, do too. I think it's my fa- favorite album. I think it's not. It's the, the album I liked making the best huh. actually because it was it was just basically the two of us. I that's probably my favorite Adam album too. It's more consistent for me, I guess. Like fewer low I don't know anyway through and through the highest quality of songs is there a mo- what moment on there are you particularly proud of I kind of like all of it I can't I mean I, I you know I don't <clears throat> you know I sort of listen back to it and go oh, I wish I hadn't done that and I wish I hadn't done that and I wish I'd done that better and you know I, I kind of put too much stuff on it you know mm-hmm. and we sort of, we could have done it simpler and you know but it, that, that's you can go back forever and second yeah. guessing yourselves do you have a preference between like the more kind of acoustic-y sound of a song like Place in the Country? Versus uh, the more metallic songs, uh, sounds of something like Feed Me to the Lions. I don't don't have a preference. It's just whatever mood I was in that day. 
There's always a vague idea. The idea was that it was sort of sun sessions, you know, mm. like with that kind of, you know, that kind of like Elvis Presley kind of acoustic guitar sound. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know it's, I know it doesn't sound anything like that. It wasn't supposed to be a carbon copy, but that's, you know, the vague thoughts in the back of your mind. When you have these vague thoughts, they are only vague. There's, they're, they're not, there's no, yes, it has to sound exactly like it. It's that, that, that's not the idea. Sun sessions, that's kind of what we saw, mm -hmm. sort, sort of rockabilly ish. It's not, in, in no way is it authentic rockabilly, and in no way were we trying to make it authentic rockabilly. Yeah, just calling on it. Yeah, just calling it. on it. Yeah. And in okay. no way did we sit, in no way, in no way, did, no, no way once did we ever sit down and listen to any, you know, Billy Wiring records to try and mm -hmm. make it sound like that. Not once. Mm -hmm. We just, you know, it was there in the back of our minds. That's great. Now, with Goody Two Shoes becoming a hit in the States, I I think, I don't know, but I'm imagining things are starting to broaden for you. You guys do now have a big stateside hit. sense to come back over and tour again does yeah. it what what how do your your plans change do you are managers and business people coming to you saying okay now that we have a foothold in the states we have yeah. to do x y and this. z yeah, yeah you have to do what x y you always have to do x y and z yeah <laughs> okay was it a yeah, lot of work or was it fun i mean this is you're getting the success both. you always want you know of course, it, it was both. It was both. It's always a lot of work. But I mean, my God, it's a better job than you know anybody else has sure. ever had. Yeah. It doesn't mean, you know, 
uh, it doesn't mean you know you get this. Of course, you have like you're sick of it some days, but bloody hell, you know it's better than anybody else's job. Yeah. Um, and then when Strip comes around, I love that song, but it was not that big of a hit. It's at times like this, the great heaven knows that we wish we had not so many clothes. So let's loosen up with a playful tease, like all lovers did through the centuries. Adam kind of came and went in the states anyway at that point. Yeah, then we tried. Then we tried to sort of go back to our roots with people are rocking. It really was a sort of like wrong time for it, I think. And I think actually, our plan by that time, you know, our plan to always do the opposite of whatever else is doing. I think the world had sort of changed, and the world had got kind of got more conservative. Actually, the world mm. got more conservative. People didn't embrace that anymore. They wanted people just to be, just to do the same thing. They didn't want people. And it, I mean, that had sort of happened in England. After the sort of initial thing, in, by, the, you know, by 83 or 84, after the initial kind of, the initial onslaught of the weirdos, like kind of, you know, <clears throat> Boy George and Adam and the New Romantics, then they started to embrace Wham, you know, the boy mm -hmm. next door. Mm -hmm. I mean, who'd ever want the boy next door? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and it was—it just became kind of ordinary. And it's—it's it's like we, we don't want these creeps anymore. We want mm -hmm. these kind of normal. Yeah, pretty boys. Yeah, these their normal feathered kind of, hair know. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, safer maybe something a yeah. little safer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, little little did they know <laughs> that they right. weren't that. They weren't what they, you know, what you thought you were buying. Yeah. Never mind. When Adam went off to do manners and physique with uh, Andre <laughs> Simone, were yeah. you there at all? Were you? And if I, you I was there in the middle of it, but that was when I was kind of like, um, I think that's that's when I was on tour with Sinead. Yes, so, we got to talk about Sinead. Okay, so now the reason I asked about Andre, I was curious if you ever crossed paths with Prince during that time or anything like that. I, I, Prince, yeah. Um, well, I mean, only in the, you know, when Sinead did nothing compares to you. And then we oh, were doing of course. This, you know, we, yeah, we were actually rehearsing at Paisley Park, he turned up. Hmm. Did you Being like him? Small. Were you a fan of his? Yeah, so it was great. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, um, obviously, I, 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 I was past the point, you know, you, you get past the point. I think, you know, by in your teenage years, when you're a fan, you know, like, 
and I'm still a fan. I'm still a Brian Ferry, David Bowie fan. I still mm-hmm. want to be Brian Ferry and David Bowie. Desperate. I still want to be them. <laughs> but when you get to be a fan of other people, I didn't, didn't want to be Prince. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't want to be that small ever. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. Because uh, you, you, you'd think... Would I give everything to be Prince? Would be I'd have to be five for one. I couldn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, At least you have to Prince, wear high heels everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what that's his height was the thing that kind of did him in the end because because he had to, you know he had to wear because he was so very small. Yeah, yeah. And it's oh, difficult. I, I mean, you know, that. eh? Yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought. I mean, he was, yeah, so he, making up for the height, he's wearing heals and he's running around and this is causing physical injury, which is we, I mean, him to the pills. We, wow. we can laugh it off. I mean, we can laugh and go, ha ha, yeah, little bloke, blah, blah, blah. So what's the problem? Yeah, yeah but yeah, we can say that because but you're not five foot one, are you? I'm I mean, six, foot, right. se- six foot eight. I'm the opposite, <laughs> actually. Yes. Well, there you go. So you've got the opposite problem. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm six foot two. As you've grown up in, being, you know, in Minneapolis and being black and being and yeah. put, being put, and being fucking five foot tall. I mean, yeah. bloody hell. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And having to live with that. Yeah. You imagine, you know, being a kid and never going above five foot. I mean, you know. Well, and, and he's kind of an odd child anyway you know he's this killer musical genius that's sort of talk about Faye and all that I mean it couldn't have been easy being Prince back then yeah I don't think I mean I don't think he uh, uh, and doesn't matter how famous or how original I mean bloody purple Corvettes he had he never forgot that he grew up being five foot tall did you never forget that shit never forget no no that never that never leaves you yeah um, I forgot to mention Sinead. Well, I I didn't forget. It's in my notes, but we hadn't gotten there yet. Tell me, how did you get? How did you cross paths with Sinead? I, I was friends with her manager Faulkner. Okay. And uh, so I went. I played on the first album, where it's called um, Lion, Lion and the Cobra. <laughs> Lion, uh-huh. Lion, the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's you on like Mandinka. You know, yeah. that was a big hit. Yeah.
Or over yeah. here it was anyway. Yeah. I remember how I arranged the guitars really carefully to, to, in, to go in between her vocals at the time, and then they changed it all. Really? Yeah. Huh. And we should say you're on, um, you're a major contributor to I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got, and you wrote Another. Jump the, Jump in the River, which is my favorite yeah. song on that album. contribute to other songs on that album or I did that... I did I did I, did. I, I contributed to other songs online which is the wardrobe but I can't remember which ones they okay. were okay <laughs> that's great now speaking <laughs> of people with sorry sometimes sometimes when you go down you do you do specific tracks and they and then you sort of sit there and you go okay do you want to do anything else and they go oh do you mind putting a bit on this and you go okay uh -huh. I'll put a bit on that but I don't tell you what it's called, James. <laughs> and, right. Okay, and so do you want anything else? Says, oh, well, why are you here? Can you put me on this one? Okay, and then, you know, then, then, then you can't remember what you've done. Yeah, yeah. Of I talk to a lot of session musicians, and, I, and, you know, they'll play on some album or some song that I love, and I'll want to hear the whole story, and they don't remember anything. I don't know. I no. went in, and someone told me to play something, and I did, and then I left, and who knew what they did with it? You know? Yeah, because you, you don't because when you play, you don't even hear this completely thing. Yeah, yeah. Because they hadn't finished it yet at the time, and sometimes the thing that you do makes them want to finish it. Yeah. Or they only use a bit of what you've done, and it becomes something else. Are you uh, speaking, unfortunately, of mental illness, poor Sinead? Have you stayed in touch with her? Oh no, I haven't actually. No, because it's another thing that people sort of. Um, I don't know. I don't, that's another one. I don't know what's all that, really. Yeah. Um, really, don't. I mean, you know, it's very difficult. The other thing that is very difficult with people who are in the public eye who have mental illnesses, they have a certain amount of people who go, who go, who think that mental illness is romantic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they're talented because they're, they have mental illnesses. No, no. They're talented in spite of their mental yeah. illness, not because mm -hmm. of, you know, not because of their mental illness. In fact, there's a great film, the thing about the guy with the, the giant, the giant head. Boy, uh, oh, is it the, uh, Frank? Is it called Frank? Frank? That's it, yeah. Or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Michael Fassbender, I think, is in that yeah, movie. Yeah, have you seen it? No, I just remember seeing the trailers and stuff. I've never seen it. I've always meant to. Yeah, it's it's kind of about that. It's kind of really? about that, and it's all it, it's sort of like, and it's based on this guy guy who wore that head exactly that head. It's not the story. It's not his mm. story at all. But they've used that that character, and it's a great film. I mean, you know. Yeah. And the idea is that <clears throat> this guy wears this head all the time, and he's clearly quite something wrong with him, but. I mean, he's a musical genius. Everything he's writes is great, and you know. Right. And this other guy joins. This other guy joins the band, and he thinks that you know, <clears throat> it's his insanity that makes him mm. uh, makes him a genius. And then, and then he sort of gets to meet his parents. You know, they sort. He sort. He sort of goes home. He sort of goes home and sort of meets his parents. He comes from a sort of. It doesn't come from a you know terrible background. It comes from a sort of. His parents are really lovely, and he comes from a normal background, you know, but not mm -hmm. dysfunctional, not particularly dysfunctional. And you know, he says to his dad, "Well, what happened to him?" So well, nothing happened to him. It's just that's the way he was born. He's ill. People they romanticise it. They think, and then they want to pretend that they're mad. You know, they're insane as well, or they had yeah. illnesses as well. And we, you know, and we empathise with you. Yeah, that's a shame, and and it's. Uh... It's interesting that you've worked so closely with two people. No, who I, I didn't choose public them. Pen. I can promise you that. Yeah, I believe it. I believe that. Who would choose that? It's such a shame. Um, yeah. One more song I wanted to ask you about is, um, as far as Adam goes, though, is wonderful. I tell you how much I miss your sweet kiss. Did I tell you I didn't cry? Well, I lied. Ah, la 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 la. Over, real over. When I nearly hit the face I love. So tired of packaging the anger. Always pushing you. Yes, I do. Did I tell you that I was wrong? I was wrong. Cause you're wonderful, yeah. I tell you how much I miss your smile. Did I tell you I was okay? Because yeah. Wonderful is still one of my very favorite songs ever. I love that. Unfortunately, I don't really like the rest of that album. I just like that song mostly. Right. I think it's probably the best on there. But, um, ooh, I can hear you plucking in the background. That is amazing. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, you can. Sorry. I mean, this is, I, I'm sitting here thinking I'm talking to Marco Peroni while he's playing a guitar. That is incredible it's to me. It's an SG. I just, picked, I just walked into my shoe. It's an SG. It's without a chin. It's without a chin. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Who would have ever thought? So, do you remember anything about the uh, recording of Wonderful? Because yeah, well, I we have did it, played we did that it, song we, for more girls than I can count. We did it at Abbey Road. Did you? Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the Beatles studio. Yeah. Not We're not particularly, well, I'm not a particular Beatles fan. Obviously, I, I have to respect everything they've ever done. I, I don't own any of their records. I, I've got the White Album, I think. 
being a particular age, growing up in the 60s, you get so sick of the bloody Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I love all this. Oh, that's great. Not many people will say it that way. But yeah, they are for sure lionized, you know. Uh, I, well, I can't deny, you know, the, the genius of what they did. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean I want to sit down and listen to it. It's, it's a bit like Bob Dylan. I can't, you know, mm. he is the greatest influence on the people who have been the greatest influence on me, like Brian Ferry and David Bowie and Lou Reed. Yeah, yeah. But I can't, <laughs> it's like without Bob Dylan, there wouldn't be a David Bowie, Brian Ferry and Lou Reed, and they all say that. Yeah. But I don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you on Bob Dylan. I uh, The early stuff is really amazing, but I, I can't abide by all of it like some people can. I love him as a character. I love him as a character. I love that mm -hmm. film, Don't Look back or don't mm -hmm. look now what it's called right right okay so um just to kind of wrap it up i mean you uh are you and adam ever going to be friends again or is that bridge well, I, I, broken I, I, or what is I'd it like um what what i mean can you say what's at the heart of the current issue um i think i said no what should i mean yeah okay yeah, maybe I sort of not. I'm not bowing down. In, 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 mm. I think I, 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 that's what I think. It's like you know, maybe I'm defying him or something. Huh. Would you want to? I mean, partnering with Adam at this point means being on the being on the road a lot. With the, I mean, he's done. I saw the Blue Black Hussar tour. He did nah. the Kings of the Wild Frontier tour. I saw recently the Anthems tour. I mean, in order to make a good living, you have to be out there all the time. Would you even want to do that? I'm not really interested in playing live. Never have been. You know, it doesn't. I, to, to have to go out and, you know, I, I back in the day, I realised it had to be done. It doesn't. It doesn't interest me in any way. It doesn't excite me. But it, it had to be done. It's part of the job. So I did it. But you know, the. the making records and creating new stuff that's what interested mm -hmm. interested me you know mm -hmm. but there's no money jam. in that anymore yeah well yeah it's the problem isn't it? uh yeah. Yeah. and that's why adam doesn't do it yeah and i can see only, only he could explain to me the economics of it and i'll go well i, I can't what can i say <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah i cannot argue i cannot argue with that at all right um it's just something I want to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but equally, I don't want to do vanity projects because that's just wanking off, you know. Yeah, sure. Okay. Otherwise, it's just a hobby, isn't it? It's just yeah. a hobby. I'm just like, people have got a home studio and put out stupid dance records. I upload mm -hmm. stupid dance records. I mean, I don't, I'd rather not do that. You know? mm -hmm. I'd mm -hmm. rather do nothing. Than it. I'd, 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 I'd rather just be than, yeah. than just put out, you know, kind of like vanity records. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I. I. don't think. I mean. I. I don't think. I don't think. That, you know. I don't think the, the track's finished until someone hears it. Mm. Right. And, until until people hear it, it's not yeah. finished. So yeah. if people don't hear it. It's never finished. Right. It's so not, not enough to like some... make something no. and have your wife or your mom think that it's really special. That's not the point. No, it's finger pain, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yep, I agree. Yeah, it's finger pain. So look up, you know. It, yeah, it's like being at home and, 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 and you know when I was a kid and doing yeah. 
and doing yeah. potato stamps or something. And my mum go, oh, that's nice, dear. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know. <laughs> I do know, yeah. It's hard to do creative things and have no one listen or care or what's pay attention. The, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I, you know, unless, unless, but it's, I mean, if that's what you want to do. That's entirely fine. Like, what's the name? The guy from, the guy who used to be in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, Frisanti. Oh, yeah. John Frisanti. Uh -huh. He just says, look, I'm going to just make stuff at home and I'm never, no one's ever going to hear it unless I feel like it. That's what you want to do. Do it. Do whatever you want. Sure. I don't, I don't feel like that. I don't yeah. feel, like I said, I don't feel, I just, it doesn't, I'm just not finished. Yeah. 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 I hear you. So there's no point, for me, there's no point in doing it. And that someone says, yeah, that's great. And you know, somebody mm -hmm. somewhere says that's great. <laughs> more than my mom, you know. Right, right. Well, I hope that you find an outlet that no, works too. for you because the world needs Marco Peroni. I mean, I, I'm not just blowing smoke, Marco, when I say you're one of the most, I don't know what the right word is, just like, uh, it's it's you were a game changer. I mean, there's no one ever, no one has ever played the guitar quite like you. And a lot of it was due to the, creative collaboration you had with Adam, but he, between the two of you, you set each other free to be your best selves and it made the world a better place. And we well, need well, you to be you out there. Actually, actually lots of people play guitar just like me, except they, there were all lots of individual people and I just took it and put it into one thing. Well, whatever you did, it worked. No one did it. And it's, it's huge, well, well, thank, you know? Thank yes, you. yes. I just think you're really special. Um, oh, thank you. I have two rapid-fire questions, okay? Number right. one, can you tell us what? an interesting Jamie Lee Curtis story? Because Adam would have been dating Jamie Lee Curtis back in the 80s. She seems like a really nice person. And then secondly, right. I want to know what your favorite memory is of all of this. Your favorite, I can't believe that happened, or the funniest story, or you got to meet somebody, or whatever. Let's close it out with those two things. Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, I only said she used to sort of say things like, she just used to say, it was very hard. Me, uh, yeah, it was, uh, with Jamie, it's like, I just used to sort of, what was really ordinary for her, like your dad is Tony Curtis. Uh -huh. And your because I just, 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 we used to have dinner with her, I just, and she was sort of talking away. And I used, to, I used to hope that, you know, I didn't come over as a creep, like, but I just, just, just stare at her sometimes. Mm -hmm. just not stare at her, but, you know look at yeah. the corner of my eye and just think, your mum got stabbed. <laughs> it's a woman in psycho. That's you know true. I mean? like, yeah. That's your mum. That's wild. <laughs> yes. But to her, to her, it's like, yeah, well, that's what my mum does. She, yeah. she, she's, you know, that's what I do. We pretend we're other people and it's like, you know, yeah. it's like, it's what you do. You go up on stage and you, you, you do this thing. It's Good what point. my mum does. It's, it's, it's what my dad does. It's what well, my family does. You know, it's what we do. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's her, it's like, and you just, you just can't get in. And your dad, <laughs> was, he was he was in sweets and success. He was he, your dad's a fucking proper fucking film star. He's a proper <laughs> film star. A, it, you know, and it, it's like, and, it, and then he said, and, and I, I said, did you ever meet uh, Alfred Hitchcock? She said, yeah. Yeah, that's it. She said, well, yeah. He used to come, yeah, I met him a couple of times, yeah. Wow. He didn't he didn't like kids. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so you're hanging yeah. out with Jamie Lee Curtis and you're just as starstruck as a regular person would have been. I wasn't. Yeah, not with I her, maybe, but with just not, not with Hollywood her, thing. She was nice. But, you yeah. know, because she, she was my age and, you know, I yeah. didn't, she, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the idea of the kind of what did the, the background that she came from, which is, you know, just you met Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, this yeah. is just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He came to our house. What was he like? Oh, yeah. He was like, it's fine. <laughs> he didn't really say much. He didn't really, he didn't really talk to him because he didn't like kids. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, so but tell me your yeah, favorite. But, yeah, but, but yeah, the, the idea that your mum got, yeah. Yeah. Your mum is the woman. And you've seen it so many times. Like, mm-hmm. ee, ee, and all the, you know, mm-hmm. the thing goes down the plug. And that's your mum. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, tell me your favorite memory. Your favorite thing. The, the Whatever it is. I have, I've got too many favorite memories. I, I bet you do. One. Okay. Okay. I haven't got. I haven't got. It's two It's two millions. Many yeah. millions. Do you ever think about writing a book or doing yes. anything like that? Are you going to do yeah. it? Yeah. I don't. I don't know where to start. I, I keep getting asked. I keep getting offers and stuff like that. But I don't know. Um, I just. Uh, and people will say, "Well, you can write songs. You can write a book." No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, also, I'd want to do it in a really kind of different way, and I haven't sort of a different way of doing it. Okay. Also, I don't know what the end is. Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, it'd be a it'd be a place to put all these stories. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I Adam's book was great, very thoughtful, mm. very introspective, and then but I read Billy Idol's book recently, and it wasn't very good at all. And it's just thought I thought the Billy Idol cannot be as boring as this book is how could that be you know but i don't think so anyway i bet you I have saw, some great I, stories I, I saw i saw billy last year when i did that i did i went to la to do a thing with um we played kings of our frontier and he came up mm-hmm. he came up and sat and sang previous lines i hadn't seen him for years but he's, he's not boring no i know he's not his book wasn't that boring i think when people go through recovery they feel like they have to they can't tell those indulgent crazy stories without sort of apologizing for them oh i'll tell you one time when adam was going through one of his periods he went into see the sinai in, in la and he found me up and he sort of said oh god you never guess what i've got to do tomorrow and he said, I said, well, what? You know, like, you know, was it, is it, you know, lobotomy or something? He said, no, it's worse. And he said, well, what could be, it's group therapy. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God, no. I said, well, what? Who? I said, what? We like, like ordinary people. He said, yes. Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, they're making me do it. And he said, oh, can't you go run away? I said, no. They've got bars in the window. And so he did it, and then he found out, he said, you will never guess who I met today. I said, I don't know. <laughs> Billy Idol. Really? Yes, well, it's a group therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Adamant and Billy Idol in the same yeah. group therapy. It, did, it doesn't really know, he didn't know Billy, and met him. You know, I mean, I know Billy better than he, he, he does. Um, I said, I can't believe it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is what, just, just, just. And so he was sitting there. They were sitting there. 
and Billy was going around with his drugs and all that. And, you know, and there was some bloke started going up there, started going on about, you two don't know anything about real life and all that, you know, like, uh-huh. you don't do anything. All you do is punks about, you know. Uh-huh. And they both start, what do you mean we don't know? Do you know how hard this is? It's like, you don't, you get paid millions of dollars just to toss about and like wear makeup and women's clothes and that. This is no, it isn't. We have to do this bloody hard. We don't uh-huh. we know exactly what we're we like. You know, we've got people to pay and tax to pay. It's, what do you think it is? We're just like, you know, putting a stupid hat. I mean, it's just, no, it's not what you think it is, mate. It's like, they yeah. sort of had, they had this argument with this guy. This time, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, to be in that group therapy that day. That uh, it would have been, been hilarious. That would have been, have been accused of it. It was like, it, you know, it was, and it was like, ah, oh, that ain't working. That, you know, yeah. Yes, it bloody is working. <laughs> That's good. Oh, I love it. Great story. Well, thank you, Marco. I've been wanting to talk to you for years, and I'm kind of in shock that you allowed me to do it and that you were you. Thank you so much for being you. <laughs> You're the best. Oh, well, you are the oh, best. I'm not quite sure how to be anyone else. Well, you're good at being you. There you have it, Marco Peroni. Isn't he the best? Can you believe we just heard from that man? Think of all that music that he's in, that he was a part of. It's incredible. And to have him there strumming the guitar in real time while we're chit-chatting, the man is a legend. Thank you so much, Marco, for chatting with me. And thanks to all of you that support this podcast through 200 incredible episodes and who listen to us every week and who offer feedback and constructive criticism or not constructive criticism. We are so thankful for every single one of you. And I have to say a huge thanks also to former guest Kevin Armstrong. I had actually reached out to Kevin and Matthew Seligman, for that matter, because they know Marco to see if he could kind of, you know, make introductions, and Kevin was able to come through. So thank you, Kevin, for everything that you do. Uh, I start. I, wa- I started this off with the lesser-known Adamant song. I'm going to end it with one as well. This is Manners and Physique. It's the title track off that same album that he talked about that they made with Andre Simone. Unfortunately, this album I don't think is actually very good, but I like this song, and I, so I would never play it otherwise, but now we have an excuse. If nothing else, I hope you were reminded through this whole conversation how incredible that music is. There's never been anything else like it. It stands the test of time, and it is still the best. Um, next week, I'm not 100% sure what we're going to go with next week. I think we're going to talk to the front man of a British sort of pub rock band from the 70s that became a new wave band in the early 80s before they broke up. Um, I will say they're fairly obscure. You'd have to be a pretty deep music head to know who this band is, but it's an interesting conversation nonetheless, so I hope you'll be back for that one. And a huge thanks to my right-hand man, Yan the Man, for all that you do. You're a miracle worker. Thank you, buddy, for everything. You guys know how to find us. You can like our page on Facebook. You can communicate with us on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. We have a lot of bonus content coming up this month, including a bonus episode coming out later this week. So I hope you'll listen back for that. Thank you, everybody. We love you all so much. Hopefully, we have another 200 in us. Talk to you all later. I guess I'm